0: This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.
1: This is Kyle Bear, the voice of the narrator from Dragon Ball Z. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time to... And let's get it Talk time Anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it Talk time Anime comics Boobies and games to come on and let's get it Talk time
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the prime show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. I hope everybody is having a great week. Seems that the season's starting to change. People are back in school. Things are back into play. Summer is absolutely over, no matter what you say. And it's time. It, this The season's coming, and that means the fall season lineup is on its way. And about a month from now... All the new comic book-based shows will be back with some new ones, some continuing episodes, some seasons actually ending or series for that matter we're going to talk about that as this is the 2019 fall season lineup so we're going to break down everything that's coming up some things that already started for instance titan season two so we're going to talk about that as well in our talk topic of the week we got a lot of news going down this week in the world of our favorite fandoms so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg
1: and now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG.
0: Alright folks, uh, first of all, it's hard to believe that this is the 100th and 99th edition of Talk Time Live. It feels like it feels like longer than that but it is just 199 so the next week will be the 200th episode we are going to look back at a lot of things i guarantee that's going to be a thing that we're going to look back at a lot of things that's happened which led up to what's going on now in the world of talk time live so stay tuned for that next week i don't know what exactly i'm going to do but i gotta celebrate it in a big way because 200 episodes and again that's not counting the amount of episodes that I've done for Select Start, or the other shows that I had prior to the Epic Weekly Rundown that I used to do, um, you know the Digital Long Box. I mean, I did a ton of different shows leading up to just two different shows. Now it was—it's been a long ride, especially for those who are new to this, you know, podcast. And thank you, by the way, and it's been a long road it's been a really long road that led me to doing what i've been doing all this season and all this year it's been crazy but uh it's been a great run i i don't regret anything that has happened so we'll talk about that next week on our 200th episode but let's get to some news here including let's break down the trailer we finally get to see of bad boys for life or Bad Boys 3, if you want to call it that, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they return together. And I'm ready for this. I am absolutely ready. I believe the majority of the fans already who have been aching to see the third run of this whole entire thing. So let's run down the trailer and see what happened here. Matt Lowry, who is played by Will Smith, and Marcus Burnett, played by Martin Lawrence, comes out of Matt's car you know only for marcus to hit the car door on a fire hydrant matt gets really pissed off he's not happy to to say the least and tells him that he's gonna have to buff that out (laughs) so then a scene comes in that shows marcus trying to settle things with a criminal and a calm way and tranquil way only for him to get knocked on his ass so i mean if you guys remember the last bad boys movie he was trying to be a little bit more zen-like and tranquil and not be always upset and he going to anger management and stuff like that so he's it looks like he's still going into this situation here and it's never working out for him especially in these type of situations so we also look it looks like all the prime cast is back in this um at least i don't know if gabrielle union is going to be back or a few others from the first two but it is uh it has been uh shown that joe uh Pentalino or Lineo. I'm going to butcher his name big time. I am going to say just Captain Howard or for Matrix fans, Cypher. <laughs> so um, he's going to be returning back as Captain Howard on this uh, one on this version as well. So also we see another scene where the new cop recruits are singing the classic bad boy song and very badly, by the way, which Matt and Mark, uh, Marcus stop them cold and tell them never to do it again. The plot seems to be here that the two are coming back together for one last ride before Marcus goes into retirement. They do unite uh, to face an Albanian mercenary, from what I've read, uh, who is out for revenge as, you know, f- for them killing one of his brothers in the line of duty. So that's going to be the situation new to the cast though is vanessa hudgens uh in riverdale uh, fame uh reggie i'm sorry charles melton who plays reggie on the show so this guy this is the second time this guy is going to be in a really big produced and promoted film uh he the last film he did was somewhat of a love tale with the uh with zoe from blackish i forgot her name but um which is said to have been pretty good so you could re- you could feel the cw all over that movie by the way uh i think i'm not sure but i don't know that might have been a greg belanti film i'm not sure about that but um he was they pushed him for that one and now he's on here he's getting out there and i believe he was in the glee too if i was if i'm correct i think he's a he makes a great reggie he is the second reggie to be on riverdale there was an actor that was there before and he somehow replaced him for what I don't know, but he seems to be doing really good, and they really giving him some uh, some heat on that show. Now he's branching out already, so I mean it goes to show how really big of a deal that show is, and how many people are benefiting from being on Riverdale. Riverdale is really a, a fantastic show. I actually did a poll on our ACMG Facebook group if, if you're 18 or older with a legit website. I'm sorry, a legit profile. You can join the ACMG Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one. We just for the record, just a side note, we've been getting a lot of people trying to get into this group and a lot of them aren't able to get into this group because we have some questions coming up and some of the questions are asking, do you have a legit profile of five years or older? with pictures of you and you actually socializing and interacting with other people this is social media so we want legit people who are one not really we're not afraid to show themselves and who they are two because this is social media two that they're actually interacting they're not trying to be this mysterious introvert you know with just a profile and just you posting pictures and never showing your face and you wanting to have an opinion but not really showing who you are or you trying to troll? Are you not showing who you are? That's not going to have it. And we've had problems with that years ago. And we just, that's our way of nipping it in the butt. So if you don't have a profile of five years or older with you actually being social in a way of you showing yourself and talking with others we don't we i'm not gonna i'm not gonna approve that that's just that is not gonna happen so just a sure note for that but if you do want to if you are if you meet all the cri- uh, the criteria that we request definitely come to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 and join a lot of fun a lot of people get a chance to post and you know speak their minds about all things anime comics movies and games this is a great out- outlet so but i digress we actually did a poll asking people if they're ready for the long awaited sequel 90 believe 98 uh 93% or as of right now 93% voted hell yeah uh with a with a minority base of now uh, believe 8 or 9% now at the time it was 91 to 9% but now it's actually gotten uh it, it actually has grown uh a little bit more since the last time we talked but you know, we had it at ninety-one percent saying hell yeah, and nine uh, percent voted nah, as in they don't, they're not interested. So the majority base are absolutely ready to see this, and I think this, I think is going to be good. It, uh, Will Smith looks fantastic as always. These guys are a lot older than they were before. Um, Martin Lars still looks healthy. He's a little bit stacked than he used to be, um, but he still looks healthy enough to do what he's doing. And the storyline is based around them you know still you know being older now so it makes sense it all makes sense and it'll I think it'll work out they made they've written the movie to match the situation of their lives you know currently at this time so it makes sense it looks like it's gonna be very interesting and I don't know if Michael Bay is actually I have reason to believe that Michael Bay is not directing this one so that may be interesting too so we'll see we will see and if he is I'll figure it out but this is what This is one of the movies that Michael Bay always got right. When it came to his non-fictional science fiction or whatever type of films, he's actually really good. Like we talked about this before Uh, a long time ago. We did an episode that was defending Michael Bay in a sense, like outside of the Transformers movies. He's really like Armageddon was great. Uh, he did a lot of other films that were just based on, that were just human based, character based films, and they were absolutely great. Um, Bad Boys were always fun. Uh, the one he did with uh, Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, or and Anthony Mackie uh was really good too where they were like it was based on a true story of like steroid users or whatever like that that were robbing i forgot it was a it, that was a it was a really good film pain and gain that's what it was that was really good so this is where he rocks so be really interesting that if he actually did you know direct that film uh this one in particular so we'll see um so other news other news I do have to bring this up. This week was celebrated by two anniversaries. This week, and I want to talk about that. On September fourth was the debut, the debut of Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Now, why I want to bring this up is because this, at one point, I believe in ninety eight was uh, was the time that this one uh, arrived. This right here was the most anticipated cartoon of all time because, you know, Mario at the time was hot as hell. And this is around the time I think Super Mario 3 came out. And that was one of the biggest games to come out right now. So then they followed it up and kept the ball rolling with Super Mario Bros. Super Show starring Danny Wells as Luigi and the legendary Lou Albano, the wrestling legend Captain Lou Albano as Mario. Now, given that this is the 80s, if if a millennial in this day and age looks at this show that we have marveled at for so long and we're looking at it through nostalgic eyes a millennial at this stage will look at this like this is the biggest piece of crap that you ever see <laughs> but <sighs> to a person who grew up with this like myself and at the time we didn't have anything better this was one of the most sought-after cartoons to watch coming home from school. I mean, you got to see Captain Lou Albano play the role as Mario. And you got to see Danny Wells, who was a very established actor back then and been on a ton of different shows, um, got to play this role as Luigi. I mean, you look back, there was a lot of cheesiness in the 80s. A lot of cheesiness in the 80s because they could get away with that stuff because there was nothing else. You know, we, we evolved as time goes by but back then that was the set that was the standard of quality that you would have you know for something of that nature of that genre if you will and if you look back and and then even furthermore what really lured us a lot of us was the fact that they had a hip-hop intro so this hip-hop intro again you look at it today this hip-hop intro is the most generic Form of hip hop that you could ever, ever use. But back in the day, there wasn't that many shows that were supporting hip hop like that. That were really, that was like mainstream shows that were really, you know, advocating or even, you know, putting out hip hop like that. And this was one of the rare first that I believe that I remember that would actually have used hip hop for like an intro and everything. And Again, if you look back at it, it's like it's really cheesy. I still like it because it's it's from my era, but I can understand if somebody from the age will look at it now. And it's like, yo, yeah, this is the most god awful cheesy because this is like the standard cheesy hip hop that they now use in commercials or certain demographic. I'm just gonna say, use that style of hip hop and think that is it's, it'll track. A certain other demographic of hip-hop goers and it's not it's like you don't know what real hip-hop is right now or how evolved hip-hop is becoming you're back you're dated with this style of hip-hop <clears throat> to the point like if you see commercials where like where, and they use the following generic cliche uh verse and say I'm Dak Xavier Josiah, and I am here to say, like, if you even start off with spitting out some lyrics like that, you're done. <laughs> like, if Mega Ray ever did that for my for my theme music intro, we would not be working <laughs> together. But it, I, thank goodness he is as talented; he is all hell. So that that would never happen. But he, I mean, it just it's just a thing. It's like only people who don't understand hip-hop that's their go-to that's their go-to lyric that's their go-to begin um you know jump off lyric for for this so that right there and furthermore it also ends off with captain lou doing what he believes is called the mario which is this dance that he wanted that he tries to teach us at the end of every show now the show ends off and they do another it doesn't do a hip-hop it does a song and it has captain lou singing do the mario and he's trying to teach a dance that even he doesn't even know so if you look back at it now we again as kids we're like rocking to it but as grown up it's like what the hell is he doing he just he's just he's doing whatever the hell he wants and he just getting away with it but it's the 80s so he gets away with it because we're so naive there was a there was a a, a certain level of na- uh, naiv- uh naivete back then that we just ran with it and we didn't know any better and then when, as time went by we look back at it's like yeah wow so but for a nostalgic state i still love it the cartoons actually within it were actually pretty good too so they would do a live action version and then they would also do a follow follow it up with an actual uh episodic episode of Super Mario Brothers and The Legend of Zelda. Now the Legend of Zelda was also in this too and that would that show, that cartoon was so awesome. And it led off to the the catchphrase, excuse me, Princess, which everybody loved. It was like that was just such a great, great show, man. I mean, if you take away the the actual live action parts, it was actually a great show. And later on they ended up not doing the live action, uh, you know, version of it, and just started showing the actual cartoon itself. And I believe it moved up; it, it was on local TV, like UHF TV. And then I guess they got the light, they got the uh, they got a contract sooner or later that allowed them to do Saturday morning cartoons on NBC because it started airing a new, an entirely new cartoon based on Super Mario Three started airing on there and it I became a, it became like sort of a cartoon block next to captain N, the games master and all this stuff and kid video yeah i'm aging myself if if you if you're listening to this now and you know what kid video is yeah your old brother <laughs> or sister you know what i mean it, it, yo kid video was that was the truth it was the truth that was the highlight of the 80s right there so that right there was uh, was pretty much it with that we also are celebrating the 27th anniversary of Batman the animated series which also featured the debut of Kevin Conroy um, and what can I say about this show this show that series that series changed the game so majorly I believe it came on it came right after X-Men the animated series which also, and, and respectfully changed the game because the writing in that, wh- while the animation and character design of that show wasn't great, the level of continuity and dialogue and and, and storytelling was a, a step up from your normal way of watching a cartoon on Saturday morning or Sunday morning or whatever it came on. And it really, I think just the dialect and, and the episodic, nature of how they did it because before there wasn't too many episodic you know animated tv shows that were you know once it's once like you watch gi joe they they only rarely did they follow up on an episode prior to and then every episode every other episode was like random same with transformers they had a part one part two episode but other than that it was like they rarely followed up on what was going on in the last episode but x-men they turned it into like a episodic drama where everything that happened in each episode meant something and was leading on to the other episode and that was the start of how all other animated shows do what um tv now do and write stories now shortly after i believe batman the animated series came out i don't know i'm pretty sure that uh, batman came out after x-men but um, because of the popularity of, you know, the 1989 Batman, I believe, which was, um, you know what, Batman might have been out before that. I'm thinking about that. Cause I think 1989 was when, uh, was the Ke- Michael Keaton Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. And they came out shortly after with that series and that right there just, change yeah I I think Batman did come out before I got to look back at that and if anybody knows let me know forgive me if I even forget but it's like the those two were just very instrumental of how they were how they're doing TV but I'll, I'll check back on that but nonetheless Batman was a step in just everything just writing character development animation Warner Brothers went all out to put into this series and the success of this series led to so much more this was the genesis that show was the genesis of the wb dc animated everything <laughs> you know dc and wb animation and dc animation is the that is the genesis of of it all starting if not if that show was not as successful we would not have gotten justice league unlimited superman green lantern uh and then followed up with all these other movies and you know other tv series that we're seeing right now i mean young justice would not have been made have not for the success of this show and let alone not it this this series would not have been what it was i think if not for kevin conroy I mean, granted, all the other people involved in it as well, but Kevin Conroy's portrayal of both Bruce Wayne and Batman is not only standard for the animated series, it's standard for live action as well. Like, people will compare him and compare him to all of those. Like, definitely better than Clooney, definitely better than Val Kilmer, Um, right up there with Michael Keaton, you know, it's like, it's his portrayal of that is just He's just the best, and his voice—it's rare for somebody to be iconic just for one voice. You know, I mean, it's there's only one other person that I can think of that is iconic for doing a voice, one voice, and nothing else. But despite the fact he's done more than that, and that's Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen has done so many other voices. You got—I mean—that he's he's done Robotech he's he's done Voltron he's done DuckTales but nobody remembers him for anything else but Optimus Prime (laughs) he is that guy and then he became the standard of the heroic brave you know um you know gripping voice that we known to love, like we would. Transformers could the live action Transformers CGI movies could not be done unless Peter Cullen was in there, and that's how fans put it. And this is the same way, like everything is compared. Anybody who's ever done a Batman voice is always compared to what uh Kevin Conroy has done, bar none. And then follow up, you had Mark Hamill, who is famous for being Luke Skywalker, but is now also extremely famous, arguably, if not more, for being a Joker. And like, the Joker. and You gotta put it as the jo- Nobody, I mean, he's up there. You put him up there exactly the same with Heath Ledger, with, for right here, Jack Juan Phoenix, with Jack Nicholson. He is up there as one of the greatest Jokers of all time, in the Mount Rushmore of Jokers right now. And I haven't seen Jacqueline Phoenix yet, so that's still up for debate. But I'm, there's now Oscar talks and all that stuff, so we will see. But it 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 absolutely is just astounding of how this show was made. And Kevin, you know Kevin Conroy, the production, and everything. If you guys have not seen, I last year, I if you guys, you know, again for those of you who are new, if you have not seen. I had the opportunity, thanks to um, the people at Keystone Comic-Con last year, to be a part of a press interview with Kevin Conroy on Batman Day. And I have all of the footage of that on TalkTimeLive.com. So if you ever want to see that, or if you're in an ACMG Facebook group, I actually just reposted it up on that day of. And it's on the uh, announcements page as well. It's a great interview uh, that myself and a whole bunch of other, um, you know, media folks got a chance to sit down in an intimate setting with Kevin Conroy and just listen to him and ask him, you know, questions about his experiences and everything. Uh, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Go out of your way to check it out on TalkTimeLive.com, especially if, if you can't find it, um, type in Kevin Conroy. I will find a way to put it in, in uh, Talk Time Live, maybe as a separate page or even an exclusive page. Well, I'm, I'm still working on that, but I just added some new stuff on to, uh, and updated the Talk Time Live exclusive page, by the way, too. So uh, you could go to TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives to go directly to there, or you could just go to TalkTimeLive.com and click on the exclusive button at the top left to go in there as well. But um, yeah, it, it's it's just... 27 years. And and even furthermore, 27 years. I'm 40 freaking two years old. I can't believe it's been that long. 27 years. (laughs) That show's premiered, man. It's just amazing. It's just amazing that I'm getting older. (laughs) That's what that's coming out to. By the way, it has been announced that Kevin Conroy will be uh, reprising his role for the first time ever in live action during the Crisis on Infinite Earth. So get ready, that is coming. I am looking forward to that. So we will see that in some form or fashion. Is that's going to be absolutely awesome? That's probably. I have a feeling that's going to be one of the highest rated episodes of the year for the CW because of him. I like it's. They're gonna. I think they're gonna promote that. If they're smart, they're gonna promote. They should promote that heavily. They should promote that to the moon. There are a lot of fans out there that want to see him. In this form i am so looking forward to this as well so uh going to some video game news real quick square enix marvel avengers it looks like it's starting to shape up a bit now as they revealed some new uh they revealed that they will be having some new skins for the game and they talked about this before but now we got to see one of the first ones and it is based on and inspired by some of marvel comics most memorable uh sagas including the, uh, the first one here which is based on the Secret Empire which had Captain America as a sleeper cell agent for HYDRA if you guys remember that from, way, from a few couple years back uh, the, this, that storyline was so crazy because it the announcement that Captain America was joining HYDRA pissed so, or rather shocked and it's rare to have shock value in this day and age. But it rather shocked people or pissed people off. And there was a lot of memes towards that back then. It earned itself a lot of memes back then. That I mean, it was it was crazy. And it, The funny thing about comic books and when they do stuff like this. And whether it's DC or Marvel. And it's usually only DC and Marvel. Like no other. I don't see any other, you know, company ever do stuff like this. Because they don't. You know, unless I, I can see the walking, aside from The Walking Dead and maybe Spawn or something like that, do something. Um, I It's really funny because they do this a lot. And they're about to do it soon because apparently they're doing another murder mystery saga. Like they did before when somebody killed The Watcher, which was not really good at all. It was not. And I think that was right about the time I stopped original sin i believe it was called too i think i stopped reading right about the time because it's like this stuff is just, the writing here is just eh. <laughs> for marvel i'm here in the house of m is is got the house of x is uh is really redeeming itself in the x-men world so that's great i, I just need more i need more to come back and i need i need so much more to get back into the comic book um helm like you know consistently i do still jump on it from time to time but consistently i just i really need to know that it's becoming i need a we need another boom period you know but they do this all the time people get so pissed off uh when they got pissed off when peter parker or shocked when peter parker died he didn't really die you knew he was coming back eventually and and doc Ock took over um they did this when ah god so many people charles xavier died so many times i mean these guys always come back but somehow some way it always shocks the world. It ends up in, like, major media news. It's just incredible. And this was one of the ones that happened here. And I, it's, it's it's really astounding how they are able to do that. But Cap, this uh, skin will be in there. And They have announced that other costumes will be unlocked within the game, as well as being available to purchase on the PlayStation Network and uh, Xbox Live. I believe as well, so definitely stay tuned for that. Now, I posted another ACMG poll asking members if they are excited about this game since they presented the more polished version of the gameplay present uh, video. It is now, it all right, at, at the time, it was 53% that said they are looking forward to it. 47% said, no, I'm not feeling it. It is now split in the middle, 50-50, and I believe this happened last time, so this is going to be interesting. This is going to be really interesting. I myself was in the in the no section when it first came out. When it first was, they uh, premiered on uh, what was that? E3. I did not like what I saw. I it, I didn't feel it at all. I thought it was. I really I don't understand why they even tried to think that they were going to be able to get away with that and it, it led to a lukewarm reception from the live crowd at the time now gamescom came up and they promised that they were going to have another video they were going to show the gameplay footage uh completely and polished and it definitely was a contrast from what i saw from the original version from the first version it looked way more polished uh steve rogers looked very young he didn't look you know grainy or whatever like that uh black widow looked a little bit much better than she did before like everybody did uh thor's hair strands looked much better uh they they looked they started looking like more like heroes more than a gated community group of neighbors dressing up like you know like cosplaying uh, the avengers for halloween <laughs> you know so it, it it looks it looks much better so i am actually a little bit more on the yes side now so i'm switching on to the yes side with this uh it it when you look at the gameplay footage it, it literally is god of war so um the in the recent god of war not the original i'm not mad at that i it's worth checking out it has some great uh voice talent in there and i'm looking forward to it i'm just looking forward to seeing what's going to happen here with that game and yeah, most likely I will have you know I will jump on it as well. At this point in time, I will now. So they, I I can only see it getting better from here. At this point, so we'll see. Um, so let's move on to some other news. Here, I got CEO of Sony Pictures, Tony Vin uh, Vinci- uh Kira, says that for the moment, for the moment, take heed on that. For the moment, the doors. Is closed for Mar- for Spider Man appearing in the MCU. I really interested in the fact that he said for the moment because I wonder if he himself is saying if this doesn't work out right, then maybe we will work a deal with Marvel and uh, with Marvel Studios again about uh, utilizing you know them. I think w- well, basically, let me just move on to the, to what I have here. Uh, Vince e. Cara made uh, the statement in a uh, recent interview on variety.com while also saying that there is no ill will between sony and marvel after the two failed to reach an agreement for on financing terms for upcoming movies which many agree majority agree that i it's just something sony could have done with no problem they would have got it back tenfold uh, with Sony Pictures working on six Spidey Rogue Gallery films including the second Venom uh, um, movie and, you know fans are wondering how the web uh, how uh, the webhead will actually factor in all this that's going to be interesting I, I it, the bad part is like Venom should never have been made especially in that way not without Peter The whole if, if you guys don't know the original story with uh Venom one of my favorite all-time rogue gallery villains of Spider-Man and also one of my favorite stories ever is that you know Eddie Brock was a washed up has been of a writer of a you know of a uh, you know of a newspaper writer and um he set up this fake he was one of the original guys to set up fake news he fed he uh written this you know this buff piece or whatever like that or this puff piece or this um he literally he literally written up fake news about this murderer called the sin eater or whatever like that and then it was peter parker or spider-man i believe that you know exposed him and found out that this whole thing was a fake was a hoax or whatever like that which then led to eddie brock being fired by j jonah jameson and from this point on uh you know eddie had a severe hatred for peter parker and then he this is when he was in the church and then all of a sudden the symbiote that peter had to fight off when he was in secret wars uh you know was alone and he was at a church and he all of a sudden saw eddie and decided to join in with eddie and they discovered that you know they were had a common bond with each other and also later on that peter parker was spider-man and this led to a whole entire thing which led to Venom becoming Spider-Man's greatest enemy and the only guy at the time to be able to not be detected by Spider-Man's uh, by uh, Peter's spider sense which scared the living crap out of Peter because he never knows when he's coming and it's the first time that and this has ever happened to this day like they they I don't think they've ever made a villain as cool as him and the only villain that could actually scare him and Mary Jane just absolutely absolutely Tremendous uh, writing with that one. So, the other thing that I, I, I don't know either that we're still questioning is whether um, other you know cast members from the MCU will be uh, uh, available for this, like Zendaya's MJ, uh, Ned, Flash, Betty, all the others. so they just they're just going to revamp this whole entire thing in this world? It's going to be crazy. Um, Vince Akira also quoted that the, in an the article that Spider Man was fine before the events. Uh, the event movies did better with the event movies and now that we have our own universe he will play off the other characters as well the only true fact about this is that if he's being broad about the fact that spider-man was fine before the event movies he he must be basing it on spider-man 1 and 2 because that's the only movies out of the out of the, there were five live-action spider-man movies out only two of them were absolutely successful like from critically from uh, from a critic acclaimed and critic review standpoint the other despite the, the other three were box office met the box office um you know smash levels but they weren't successful as far as quality so if he's basing it on that it's kind of loose end to me it's like he he, you know yeah you you really put you poking a bear right there with that one so i am just saying like if there's a possibility there's a possibility that this can happen he goes on to say that i think we're pretty capable of uh going of doing what we have to do here and i can't disagree with him on that that's it's absolutely a possibility uh again they did spider-man homecoming and Whether you know it or not, Sony also worked on another big hit that came out this year, and that is Amazon Prime's original series, The Boys, which that show was absolutely awesome. So they do have some legs to stand on with that in the Oscar-winning movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And added to that, you got to count Spider-Man for the PS4 because that story alone, which I played like three times, <laughs> so far, that, that story alone, like literally, is a movie in itself. You can really, if you, you can level that up to the movie state, even Tom Holland even said, like, he even pointed out, like, you gotta say the universe that is the PS4, that, that was a very awesome game, you know, as well. So, yeah, you, you really, you kind of, as much as we don't want to, there's a puncher's chance. That this can actually work out. That them their use of Tom Holland and their stories or whatever can possibly work. I I I think I will be a little bit more confident if they can grab the director of Homecoming and and, and, um Far From Home. If they can grab him, grab that director, I'm really I'm all for this. I am absolutely all for this. um, because I thought he did a tremendous job and I think he can shed some light into the situation, so I'll be a little bit more confident. At least I don't want to say I'm all for it, but I'll be a little bit more confident and actually them actually doing this. So we'll see. I mean, it's just the we're just at the beginning process of what the hell Sony's going to do and how they're going to play this off and whatnot. So we'll see. We will see. Last bit of news I believe I have here is us updating the situation giving an update on a situation with the funimation controversy nothing has really changed as much if you guys remember last week during the talk topic of the week i had some updated news based on chuck huber uh android 17 so that's still everything's still in play but there was some developments uh just yesterday and Vic's case, so we'll be talking about that as well. But just dating back from, yes, from last week to today, uh, so far we have nothing from the anime com- uh, company in response to the leak audio presented by Nick Ricada, lawyer Nick Ricada, uh, last week. Nothing as well from actors Sean Schimmel and Chris Sabat, who plays the voices of Goku and Vegeta uh, Chris Abbott also plays a virtually a whole bunch of other characters, not only in Dragon Ball, but also in other shows as well. He's All Might on My Hero Academia as well. You know, I'll, you know, a lot of that plays a factor as well. I mentioned recently that uh, Chuck Huber also who plays Andrew 17 filed an affidavit which talks about some of the behind the scenes antics involving Chris Sabat and his intentions to vilify Vic Mignogna which includes uh, getting him fired from Funimation now in Chuck Huber's affidavit there are a lot of interesting things that uh, has him defending Vic Miana and is telling about his experience and his perspective of what he's seen and heard in the studios, in the Funimation studios uh, based upon with Chris uh, Sabbath and others said. Uh There's some highlighted stuff here and uh, and I'll just say some of it. In the conversation, Chris Sabbath verbally uh, disparaged Vic's Christian faith and speculated that Vic was uh, actually gay based on uh, the way he dressed. Yeah, that that's not a good thing. That's absolutely not a good thing. Um, further down, in approximately 2007, Vic began to practice uh, of begin the practice of autographing artwork uh, depicting anime characters for money at anime conventions. Hmm, interesting. Other voice actors: Jamie, uh, Jamie Marchi, uh, Monica Real and Chris Sabath and other Funimation employees initially described the practice as stealing from fans, using fans, or being an asshole. We all later adopted the same practice and currently, uh, and, and currently follow the, those practices at uh, conventions. This behavior by voice actor, including Jamie Marchi, Monica Riel, and Chris Abbott and other Funimation employees towards Vic's successful business tactics uh, demonstrates longstanding negative opinions about Vic. And lastly, in this affidavit that I'm going to talk about, in virtually all conversations I had with these voice actors when Vic was not present, disparaging remarks uh, were made about Vic, typically statements including, he's a prima donna, he's a douche, He's a diva. His clothes are gay. Plus, comics uh, comments of his uh, what is this Purp- uh, purported infidelity, uh, dislike of his com- uh, conservative Christian beliefs, and personal attacks for his support of Donald Trump. All of this, all of these comments were made at one time or another by uh, Monica Real, and yada yada yada. So. All right. Here's the situation. Here's my. Th- right, well, before I get that, okay, let me let me continue with this. Meanwhile, Vic Miana tweeted somehow uh, of an Easter egg tweet with him drinking from the Holy Grail and saying he chose wisely, referring to a scene from Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Many believe that this was a redemption tweet after the reveal of the leak audio from an affidavit of Chuck uh, Huber, but. But just in, just yesterday, there are reports saying that the judge has dismissed several points made from Vic in defense of Jamie Marchi, uh, Monica Rell, and Ron Toye. Jennifer, uh, Jamie Marchi walks free from the case. Many are praising uh, Jamie's lawyer, Sam Johnson, for his defense in the court, uh, uh, in the court case of Jamie. Also note that no one has yet to hear from Toye and uh, Entertainment, or Sony. Or I'm sorry, Sunny, or Sony, on this uh, as of yet. Sony owns Funimation, as people know. We reported this a while back that they have owned the rights to Funimation, so they, Funimation is an extension of Sony now. Toye Entertainment owns the rights to Dragon Ball in Japan. The news has reached Japan via art- an article from IGN.com. No word also on what Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama has to say as well on this. My thoughts. I Again, as you guys know, Vic Mignogna has been on his show twice. In fact, I believe he is the first major guest I've had on this show before. That doesn't make me an advocate of Vic or become part of the I stand with Vic uh, situation or nor am I an advocate of kick Vic I am innocent until proven guilty uh, of Vic right now I know from my experience with talking with Vic that he's been extremely nice Uh, I believe myself to be a good sense of character uh, based on my experiences in life both in study and, and, you know, just general experience. Um, I know how to use critical thinking. I've used that many a times, both in life and in business and in, in social gatherings. So, pun meeting Vic, I again, I've said this before, I've never had any trouble. He didn't give me that he's a prima donna vibe. He didn't give me that, you know, he, he's a centric vibe. He didn't give me that, you know... He's a douche vibe. Everything that was mentioned here, I don't get that vibe from him. He, to me, is a very, uh, you know, he's a very energetic, vigorous, happy dude. That doesn't mean he's gay, nor is anything wrong with being gay. He has, whether he's a Trump supporter or not, that's his deal. He has a perspective. That's his deal. That's his big. Regardless of his thoughts, he's never come on this show. We never talk politics. Never cared to talk about politics. Um, they've been saying he's a homophobe. That is, I whether that's true or not. That's something that has to be clear by him. He claims not based on a hearing, that, uh, based on a hearing that he's done. I know people. I know people I am close with who has worked with Vic. Who has worked with Vic Miana. Some of which, that is a part of the LBGTQ community. They have worked with Vic. They have mentioned that they had, you know, he has his ways and he is very strongly Christian. So the thought of the LBGQ uh, community is something that is a situation with him. However, they also going on to say that he, they, he, um, he's never, you know, pushed that situation upon them. So, that is the situation. He's, he's spoken about his beliefs in it, but he's never, when it being approached by them or hung out with the uh, with him, they've never, you know... It. It's not to he's a total angel. Uh, some of the things that I've heard... I mean, his strong Christian beliefs has been a certain thing that he has approached and has been said has been a thing. So, it is what it is. But that doesn't all, you know, equate to him being the person that they say he is or you know regardless what you just don't do is try to screw a man over because you have some beef with him so if that is the case yeah chris Saber, chris Saber, you know it, he has some that dude he he's he's got something uh he got something to speak up to like he's got some explaining to do a lot of them has some explaining to do and all of this All of this. And then you got Sean Schimmel, you know, just aggressively shouting out, you know, homophobic slurs as the character Goku. Not really a good thing on in studio time at that. So it's they got some explaining to do. And again, Funimation on Twitter on Twitter has not spoken anything of it. They're they're keeping it moving. They're still advertising all the things. And in some cases, as they should because I guess they're trying to weigh out the situation. Meanwhile, again, both Chris Sabbath and Sean Schimmel, and I believe the voice of Krillin may have not done it either, um, whereas Chuck Huber is just all over the place. He's he's continuing to post, and, and does, Vic is continuing to post, and such like that. Um, so it's just going to be an interesting situation, because with all this going on and how powerful Chris Sabbath is, this can really affect... This could insanely affect uh, Funimation with the license of Dr- the Dragon Ball franchise. This can really affect them badly. And if 2A Entertainment decides that they want to, you know, breach a contract or even just fire those two and just get a whole new studio or whatever like that, that can happen. That can, ha- I mean, Dragon Ball Super is done. Dragon Ball Super is all done. If they really wanted to, they can just let them go and and that's a big loss for chris apple because he does every a lot of those anime uh, uh shows that are on funimation is done under his studio that's a big loss for him if this goes into a situation again it's been insanely quiet at the moment and even furthermore here's the bad part if they if funimation decides to rather forgive them that's going to cause, and just let this slide, that's going to cause some controversy because they fire Vic immediately upon the allegations and, and everything of him uh, making these sexual advances and, and stuff and, and, you know, sexual assault cases and everything. That's going to be, it, it's just a really bad situation for Funimation in general right now. I, I just can't see, I don't know what's going to become of this, but either way... It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad for somebody. It's gonna be bad for somebody. This is like one of those situations. No matter what move you take, you damn if you do and you damn if you don't. So I don't know, man. We'll see. <laughs> I can't make any of this right now. I can't predict any of what's happening. I just know if one move happens, it's gonna affect another move in a bad way. If they settle with Vic and let him do work the studio, that may be some things. But at this point, consider everything that's gone that's happened. What, what are they going to do? Chuck Huber, he just did a, an alpha David statement, stating all of this that has gone on. Not only him, the voice of the original Goku, of young Goku, also has also spoke her mind as well. I believe she's the same woman that plays in uh, OKKO right now. She has spoken her mind recently about the situation as well. So, I mean, that's, that's two people speaking about this. So, I mean, these guys are not out of the blue. Let's see what happened here. I mean, yeah, Monica and and Monica and Jamie and and uh, and the rest of them got out of that one situation, but that's not mean that they out of the clear. That does not mean that they out of the clear for any for any, for any situation. HR is still going to play a big factor in what's going to happen with these guys. If they even get a slap on the wrist or just fined, that might not be enough. Because again, Vic was immediately fired. So, the morale situation based upon the internal and external, when I say external, I mean the fans, that's gonna play a factor. Funimation is in a real bad place right now. And I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna take for them to. I, and I just talked, you know what's funny? I just talked about this too. I wrote something on my Facebook page just today, just this morning, and thinking about all of this. And it's asking, basically, are we a society we uh, let me rephrase that. Are we as a society weakened so much by fear that we are no longer strong enough to forgive? And I that came about just not just because of the Vic Miana situation, not just because of the Chris Sabbath situation, not just because of a lot of other situations going on here, but just in general. I think this generation alone has been fearing so much about things and not willing to forgive or not being strong enough to forgive. You know, for the, it's not just forgive anybody for those who want to make amends, who truly is wanting to make amends for the efforts that they have done in the past. It we're we're going back and diluting back to a situation where we're this close to cross-burning people. We're just close to witch burning people all over again for what they've done and not giving them a chance to redeem themselves we got to set ourselves back there's not, i don't say we should forgive everybody because there's some people who aren't worthy of forgiveness and aren't looking for it either so we don't point at those but those who really want to show their forgiveness are we strong enough to do so think about that you know, do it on a case by case basis. Use critical thinking. If you don't know what critical thinking is, look it up. But it's a great tool to really weigh out the situation, evaluate the situation and say, yeah, this person did this. It hurt. I've it hurt my feelings. It broke my heart. It affected me. Am I strong enough to forgive? Does it affect Hill if you do? You know, think about it. Has he have these guys? Let's see how these guys do. Like, you know, James Gunn did something a long time ago. He's apologized for it. Kevin Hart did something a long time ago, has apologized for it. You know, it, think about it. it. You know, is think about it. <laughs> Have we forgiven everything? Can we forgive? Are we strong enough to forgive in this generation? Think about that. So while you do that, we're going to end what's new in the world of ACMG. Take a break. Come back and talk The 2019 fall lineup season of comic book-based TV shows. Which one are you looking forward to? We'll talk about that right after this. live.com talktomelive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktimelive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk, talk, top, this is chris battle character designer of team titans go and you are listening to acmg presents talk time live do it and now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Fight! All right folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week and we are here to talk the 2019 edition of Fall Season lineup shoes of our favorite comic book series. Uh, CW is coming really hard this year with some shows. We got the DC Universe lineup. We got HBO coming up. We even got ABC coming up with something new. So we're here to talk about all of that. But first, to start it off this season, Titans Season 2 begun this week, this Friday. The latest episode, the season premiere episode of Season 2 came. So we're going to talk about that before we talk about all the other ones. And we finally get a chance to see Trigun or is it trigun. Try I will I'll say trigun. Uh, we get a chance to see Trigun in full form. And as always the CGI is not bad at all. I actually enjoyed it. I did notice that it felt like it was not in, like assimilated into them per se when I say that. There are times like if you watch if you watch all right give a great example. If you watch Endgame, if you watch Infinity War and you see Thanos right next to, you know, Zozadana you know, as Gamora, they look like they're absolutely next to each other. Like, he looks... His texture, everything looks so organically real that it looks like he's a real person. <clears throat> they did really good with Trigon here. But something about it, the CGI, the CGI of it, the, the texture, or even the, the green screen of it all, really kind of... As great as it looked, it didn't look like he was actually with them per se so even the flash the flash is a great example i think they do a great job with cgi in the flash and this is great blonte so i mean this is it wasn't like terribly bad but it, it felt slightly off just a bit but the actual model of trigon looked awesome i really liked i really liked the way he looked he looked you know like the actual character from the comics or whatever you've seen him from before. So, that was a that was a pretty good plus. It wasn't like blown away like, "Oh wow, this is really good." But um the model itself looks great. I just think just implementing him into the green screen or whatever they were using to assimilate him to next to them it, it needs a little bit more work on that. Um Jason Todd to me was Pretty Much to stand out for me on this uh series in this episode because he was just he's Jason Todd, he's just going crazy, he's acting like a fool, he's a kid, <laughs> he needs to be polished. Um, we're I want to talk about also Game of Thrones Ian Glenn portraying the role of Bruce Wayne, which to me, he was a little th- this before his portrayal of Bruce Wayne was a little bit lukewarm for me. First of all, when he first came in, I just turned around and looked at the screen and I'm like, wait, is that Alfred? And lo and behold, no, he's portraying Bruce uh, Wayne. I didn't like the scene pretty too much with him and uh, with Robin or Dick for that for that matter, because whenever he panned the camera on to Bruce, Bruce smiled like he smiled. He grinned. He I don't it, it was I don't. And this could be because this was years of me. Again, watching, you know, Christian Bale and watching Ke- and listening to Kevin Conroy and, and, and um, seeing his portrayal of this dark and gritty Batman. You know, I haven't seen, or even you know, Michael Keaton or all, all the others. I haven't seen this type of Bruce Wayne in quite some time. So I'm not saying it's totally bad, because you know, Adam West wasn't that grim and gritty either. But I've I've been induced to years of a gritty and dark Bruce Wayne. This one was kind of like he was chilling. He was he was he was kind of a elegant Bruce Wayne, if you will. I mean, it, it, just based on my preference and choice, I felt like I'm used to the grim and gritty Bruce. And the way that Dick always described him throughout the years seeing him right there and having him smile on the camera and all that stuff slightly subtly on in camera it just felt off it just felt off to me so i mean to me it, it was a little bit lukewarm I hopefully we get to see more of him uh as time goes by and see what happens there i don't know if this is a one-time thing for us but we we do have a bruce wayne in there now and we'll see <clears throat> we'll see what happens uh sa morales is Slade. Also debuted in this episode. I didn't get too much of a read out of this character enough to truly give a say. I, I can say, however, visually he looks the part. Um, there will be some comparisons between this version and Arrow Slade, played by um, Manu Bennett, whose portrayal was, to me, the standard of live-action versions of Deathstroke. Like that dude played a very convincing Slade. I love like. He's the reason why Arrow season two is probably still the best season of Arrow of all eight seasons ever. Like that dude was phenomenal and really grabbed you. So, th- yeah, he's going to have some uh, shoes to fill in this one. But, you know, as far as visually, he looks the part. So we'll see how he goes. We'll see how this goes, because, you know, like I said, Bennett, um, Bennett's uh he, he set the standards for it for Deathstroke, man. <laughs> so overall, the Greek uh the Great Bellante show of all the Great Bellante shows that are out there, and there's a ton of them out there now, Titans remain to me still the weaker of the bunch. And that's not saying that this is a bad show. It's just when you compare it to all of the other ones, The Flash, Arrow, um, even Legends of Tomorrow, even Black uh Lightning, and and, and you know, Supergirl those are heavyweights to me and this one is still climbing to or racing to be in the same lane as these guys so we will see how this goes it's not like a it's a fun it's a really fun show it's just not a blow me out of the way show not yet but i feel like there is some potential for it to actually grow uh so it, 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 it'll. I think it'll. The story is getting tighter. I like the story between Trigon and uh and Raven that they are doing, and Deathstroke is coming. So we'll see what that is. I'm interested in seeing if Terra is going to come in sooner or later and play a factor because I believe Markovia was mentioned in this episode. I'm not sure. There's also the development of Raven and Gar, you know, Beast Boy in this. So I, it's. It's turning out. It's turning out. They're doing. I I like the the characters. The actors are pretty good. I think it's just a matter of strengthening the story development, tightening up the CGI just a tad bit, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. Right now, it's enough to just and have fun and enjoy. Uh, you know, just to watch. So this is not. If I would say this is, this would not be the reason to get um this DC universe, but it's an addition to what they have right now so other fall season shows are coming up too so we're going to talk about that right now so i am very interested i wasn't at first until i found out that this was based on a graphic novel and that was stump town starring Kobe smolder which is coming 20 uh, september 25th on abc <clears throat> i had no idea that this was based on a graphic novel comic and uh it is so i it, it seemed a little bit interesting but it looks like at the same time you're you know, casual Magnum PI style, Hunter. Again, I'm aging myself. You guys knew what the hell Hunter is. You're up on my age level, so uh, stuff like that. So I'm, 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 inter- I'm slightly interested in that. Uh, the Walking Dead season 10 premieres October 6. Uh, this time involving the Alpha, involving the Alpha and the Whispers uh, situation continues. Plus, the people of uh, Alexandria are looking to take out some of the, uh, your favorite characters there. So I haven't watched. <coughs> Excuse me. I haven't watched The Walking Dead in like since the the debut of Negan, uh, Jeffrey Dean Anderson, if you will. And <clears throat> since that time, I have not been interested in staying. The only th- they, it was they were very off putting throughout the season. It was like they kept focusing on episodes that weren't involved with Negan or you know or the rest of the cast or whatever. And it was like the cast that were never really developed like that. And it was just, it made for some boring TV. So it really kind of turned me off from continuing to watch what was going on. And every time Negan got back on, that's when things were better. So it was just off and on. I heard it got better by the end, but at that point, I was just like, all right, I'm I'm a little, I think I'm done with The Walking Dead at this point. And then everybody's leaving and everybody's dying. So we don't know what the hell's going to happen this season. I don't even know if this is the final season or whatever. I don't think it is, but... 10 seasons, 10 with um, with the majority being so powerful. <clears throat> I wouldn't be mad if they this would be the last the next season, would be the last room right there. But I, I do hear that there's talks, I believe, possibly, that don't quote me. I've been hearing that there might be doing another spinoff, maybe. I'm not sure. But we'll see. <clears throat> but one of the shows that I am really looking forward to... Is Batwoman starring Ruby Rose, which premieres October 6th on a CW, which I believe is a Sunday. It's going to be a big night for the CW on Sunday. You got Batwoman that's coming out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, I have that, which is coming up on this, uh, on Sunday. Then we got Supergirl shortly after which was premiering. And that one's going to be another big one. Last season was Probably the biggest season Supergirl's ever encounter season. Uh, last season, we had the situation that was tying into a lot of what was going on today. You know, instead of using, you know, the Mexican community as a target, it was the alien community as a target. And you had this activist group, this anti-alien activist group that were, you know, by Agent Liberty that was coming out and cra- creating so much satire and having and it really empathetically really felt into people they also had um some new characters as well you know some representing transgender community which was awesome and it's it's get the show just got so much better uh this season and then furthermore it ended with lex luthor played by john uh, crier who blew me away with his performance uh this is not island from two and a half men this is this is a totally... Like, this dude could be vicious if you want to. And he did absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, he did not last throughout the entire season. But he left something really interesting here. So, um, this season... This is going to be interesting. A new secret organization called Leviathan. Headed by what is believed to be Talia Agul. Will be coming this season. Now, I don't know if this Talia is going to be connected to the Arrowverse. Because if you guys remember... Talia, Well, if you guys remember Supergirl, although they connect, they're from a different Earth. So I don't believe I I believe when crisis on Earth, uh, Infinite Earth comes. I think there may be an assimilation of universes coming together, a a merging of universes coming together, uh, which includes uh, Batwoman as well. So I I truly believe that might happen. That's my prediction there for that. But it looks like uh, Lana Luthor. Will finally become a villain in this season, every way for thanks to Lex, who revealed that uh, that uh, Kara is actually Supergirl, and she's not going to be happy about that. In fact, she wasn't happy about it. Uh, John Jones as well will be facing a new uh, his new um, enemy, which is actually his evil brother who's coming in this season, so you got that to look forward to. The interesting uh, factor here is that um, uh, Makad. What is it? Mechad Brooks, who plays James Oson, finally will have his final run on the show. He will be leaving this season. So I don't know how they're going to end that season with him or if, is he going to die? Is he? Uh, how are they going to do it? I don't know. We will see. Um, there were talks. I was told, I heard that Wynn is going to be returning from the Legions. He uh, he left with the Legions uh, last season or the season before and we haven't seen him since and it looks like he's going to be making a comeback soon as well probably replacing um filling in a blank for James as well. So all this is leading to the crisis on infinite earth which it is coming December and it, look if like I said I've said it many times if you've seen any of the actual shows from the CW the crossover shows you are in for a treat like these are some of the most epic like these the, the crossovers are so good. They actually are better than some of the uh, DC films that have come out. Like that, Crisis on Earth X. If you compare that, if you say if you tell me to watch that and as opposed or watch Justice League, I'm watching that. I'm watching Crisis on Earth X. That saga was so freaking cool. And it led to some really great surprises, some tragedies, all that stuff. It just gave you everything from there uh, then we also got Black Lightning who returns on October 7th so now it's been moved to a Monday so I knew what I'll be doing instead of watching wrestling thank God <laughs> or WWE wrestling thank God um, this season we'll also see the characters finally cross over with the DCW universe or the DCW shows as they as they will enter the crisis on infinite earth now I kept telling people that like this is connected to the Arrowverse and people I don't know why people you know obviously those who thought that it wasn't they haven't been watching the show because Oliver Queen has been mentioned The Flash has been mentioned on their show so many t- like in, in, not in uh, not so many times but various times Throughout the few seasons that has been out So it was eventually It was, it was inevitable that they are going to meet up sooner or later And it was going to be probably in a crossover And in fact it may be the biggest crossover To date that is coming too So I'm looking forward to that um, Tobias unfortunately will not be on this season At least we think that he won't be in this season Because they finally took him down Last season it, Black Dynamite has been tremendous I love what they've done with this show um, I know there's some people who aren't really big fans of the show but also there are some people who are not understanding the continuity of the show or doesn't have to understand the continuity of the show it's it's geared for a certain demographic and a certain culture who understands this show and needs this type of a hero and it needs this type of a continuity and needs this type of a message to be heard i thought i think they did a great job i still want to know what robert townsend's play is going to be I know he's directed some shows but he's also been a character in the show I'm wondering if this is leading to him becoming a villain or something like that and to some extent I I just feel like something's gonna happen you just don't bring Robert Townsend in to uh a show like this and not do anything the same way that you wouldn't do Bill Duke you know these are this is the other thing I love about it these are some of the most established legendary actors coming into this show And again, there's a certain demographic and a certain generation who doesn't understand the value and continuity of the show. A lot of us do. And the show has not disappointed me. I've loved this show to high uh, holiness. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to blend in with the rest of them. And by the way, shout out to Black Lightning, who's the newest leader of the Justice League, for goodness sake, on Young Justice. So, you know, take that. (laughs) So they're all mean. They're also... Speaking of Bill Duke, there also is the issue of the family being found out by Agent Percy Odell, played by Bill Duke, who is one of the most treacherous, scary dudes on the show. Who does, as far as we know, nothing, but he he's able to. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't wait to learn more about his character because he just seems to be everywhere and anywhere at any time. And the fact that he crept up in their house and and in really put him uh you know put them on blast like that it's going to be interesting so I think there's going to be some type of a situation where Bill Duke is working rather working with them this season or he's setting them up or you know he's fra- he, he's he's he got something going on I have no idea I'm looking I'm just looking forward to it uh and seeing what new enemies they they're going to be fighting this year if Tobias is going to be out yeah, so that's gonna play because I cause I'd never read the uh, the comic before. I, you know, of course, it's a DC comic, so I barely read any of DC like that. To know his, role, to you know Black Lightning's role gallery like that, so very interesting. That The Flash season six premieres August eighth on the CW. So like every day, think about this: from Sunday on, there's gonna be a different CW show based on a comic book on that channel. CW should be called Comics Worldwide that it, it's just most of their biggest shows are factored in based on the popularity of their comic book series you know it, it's, it's just undeniable so this season is going to be interesting because last season with nora dying and evaporating last season after defeating uh, reverse flash and um uh, in uh, cicada you know you got to wonder what barry and iris is how they're going to recover from all this i mean they, they were left in a really bad light back then then last season was also good uh, with the exception speaking of cicada chris klein who possibly had the worst performance of any character in flash's run i'm not a big fan of uh, chris klein for a lot of reasons like he i i I can't describe the words i can't come up with the words to articulate what i don't like about chris klein but he's so generic well besides he's bland generic vanilla excuse me and he's just he i i really am not a fan of what he how he performs like uh, and i think really pissed me off is the legend of chun li he it it take note it, part of it is also the writing, part of it is also the directing, but another part of it is his performance. He plays the most generic characters I've ever seen. Like I, it, it, I don't understand how he gets. I, I don't want to be I don't want to be rude. Don't want to be rude at all. I gotta find something that's good with Chris Klein in there. That's all I gotta say. I have not found, and more than just American Pie. Because American Pie was so long ago, and he really wasn't that much of a character on that show or that movie either. He wasn't, like, really a standout character. They just had a role for him and a part for him. But he didn't do anything, like, that was standout. He was—if you put him in a a list of characters with all the others, he was just a side note of a character. They just happened to have, you know, notes for and uh, lines for But his role as Cicada was— It was dreadful it was so dreadful in there but we'll see um i'm looking forward to seeing who's going to be the next villain up uh, against the flash and all this leading into crisis on infinite earth as well this will be a part of it as long as well as black lightning supergirl batwoman and the legends of tomorrow will also be in a play as well which by the way that's the only show i think i didn't look up to see when that was coming i believe that will be coming as well maybe later on i'm not sure i didn't get a fix on that but on the 9th on the CW is the premiere of Riverdale, one of my absolute favorite shows. Bar none, no, no, no powers needed here, no gimmicks needed. We left last season with Archie finally getting his, uh, clearing his name. These guys celebrating by going out into the woods. And at the very end, something happened when the crew stood in front of a fire very scared and afraid with them saying that they will they would never mention this night in the events that happen ever again and that would also allow them to part ways to avoid getting caught this followed by them throwing Jughead's Beatty into the fire that was a hell of a cliffhanger last season and I am like dude I hate them so much and in about a less than a month from now no in about a month from now actually we will find out what the hell happened and what is this leading to and whatnot so i am looking forward to this as well there is a spinoff that is coming as well um another spinoff for archie as well i think it's uh i forgot the name of it let me see if i can get this because i meant to add this to my notes as well and let me see if i still have it up because it was a spinoff to... Alright, we got Holly Quinn coming as well, so I forgot. I don't want to forget that. Which is uh, coming in October as well on a uh, DC Universe app. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Katie Keene. Okay. So Katie Keene is yet another Riverdale spinoff. Which... Is by Lucy. is starring Lucy Hale, who you you've seen her, and Pretty Little Liars. You've seen her in a whole bunch. CW gets uses her a lot. She I, I remember she was um in a sh- like her first show on a CW was something of her being a really really rich girl with her sister or whatever like that. I forgot the name of it uh of the show, but she's been on a ton of different shows ever since. She's a extremely attractive woman, but. The, I got a situation with this because Katie Keene is a character in the Archie universe, which is awesome. So they're spinning off from that. Just like they do with Sabrina. That is also a spin off from, uh, for Riverdale as well. My problem here is that one of the characters, the side characters in this show is Josie from Josie and a Pussycats that was on, That was on Riverdale. Josie, who played by uh, Ashley Murray, is playing a role of a character that, in all honesty, should have her own show. Yet, she is jumping onto a... The thing is, for those of you who haven't been around when I was around in the 80s and maybe the 70s, Josie and the Pussycats is one of the biggest cartoons to ever come out. Uh, At the time, during Saturday morning cartoons, even Sunday morning cartoons. It was one of the biggest shows to ever come out. It's a rather iconic cartoon that Hanna-Barbera came out with back in the day. So, the fact that they have... The cool part about what they did with Riverdale is that they did a race swap with her. Because the original Josie, and the Josie that's on the actual... The Josie that's on and the movie, because there's a movie based on it too. Those Josies were white, so Riverdale and the people who, you know, the Bellante Productions behind Riverdale decided to race swap a lot of characters. One of which was Josie, which was awesome, and they made her a really prominent character in the show. And she left the show last season. I thought she was just leaving the show. I didn't know that she was going to do, be in another show and do it there because the, just to connect with this Katie Keene show. I feel like she should have had her own show. Like, the whole Josie and the Pussycats thing, they, they did that so dirt on that show because the whole Josie and the Pussycats gang was in there. Like, if they could have... What they could have done, what I would have loved for them to have done, was they could have they could have jumped on and and pulled the trigger on Josie having her own show by not having showing the Pussycats in the actual show and just having Josie there. And then shortly after leaving the show to do her own, to pursue her own career, and then joining the Pussycats, and then finding Alexandria and all these other people. So now she's just another side, she's a prominent, iconic character, only just as a side character on a new show, that is spinning off of Archie. So this woman will never get in her actual own show on the CW, on the in the Riverdale universe. That to me, that, that kinda runs me the wrong way. That really rubs me the wrong way. So now we got Sabrina, we got Riverdale, we got Katie Keene. And I'm not yeah, and I yeah, I gotta say it, it's like and I, and I love what the Berlanti Productions has done. They are they have been doing a lot of great representation in there but I just feel like they dropped the ball by not doing Josie and the Pussycats and even furthermore the funny part is she's going to she's going into the city to pursue her career that could have been a perfect time for her to create Josie and the Pussycats I, I I for the first time I really think that they dropped the ball on that one and it just making her a side deal like we have no I mean I, I mean it is what it is it is what it is but katie Keene is coming out also nancy drew is coming out and i've been slightly told that that was going to be a spinoff of riverdale as well so i'm not a big nancy drew fan i never watched the nancy drew show back in the day but uh it's coming out so uh you know if you guys are you know there's some i know there's some old school nancy drew fans out there that will be checking it out so that's that for uh that situation then we got Arrow, the final season, premiering October 15th on the CW. We know that Oliver it will, be, will inevitably die by the uh, time Crisis on Infinite Earth comes, according to the Monitor, uh, who took him away and uh, Felicity away last season. Um, this season will only be 10 episodes, and I guess that's leading up to the crisis right there, so it'll continue off from there. And will give us all of what we need to know about uh, Team Arrow, as well as the future Team Arrow in 2049, which I'm actually hoping after watching last season that they do a new, entirely new show with the new with that future cast. Because I actually like the whole entire deal. I thought they had legs to stand on, so I would love to see what they do. And um, it was also said that the new villain for this last season is going to be Deathstroke, but under the helm of Slade's son, who's taking over the helm of Deathstroke at this point. So I again. Another big shoes to fill <laughs> for that part. But at least it's his son. He, he can do what he wants on his note. But unlike the uh, other character from Titans, he is supposed to be Slade. So that's a whole deal right there. Watchmen, the the much-anticipated uh, new series on HBO, is coming October 20th. I am going to find a way to watch that show. Maybe I can go for HBO Go for a bit and... Um, to watch a, like I see, you know, watch the season and everything because that looks like it's going to be really good. Regina King, Regina King looks awesome as this vigilante character on a uh, show, and I want to. I, I am very interested in seeing the aftermath of everything that happened from the movie and the, and the graphic novel, and uh, it's, it's going to be uh, very interesting as well. So uh, I'm just looking for Don Johnson is going to be in there as well. It's going to be a few other like it's crazy, crazy, crazy uh, uh, strong cast in there. So. Folks, if I want to say, if I'm more anticipating for anything in this show, anything on this series this fall, I'm going to say all of the CW shows. So I want to see how all of this actually goes into the Crisis on Infinite Earth. And I'm expecting Crisis on Infinite Earth to be extremely epic and to see what's coming best. And if you're a DC fan, I believe you should know what's coming because this is going to be a lot of this is going to be inspired and based on the actual comic so i do predict superman is dying i i absolutely predict that that's what's going to happen i'm gonna say it i've said it before i'm gonna say it again superman is dying they're going to do that iconic scene where Supergirl is going to be carrying clark his, clark's body and that's going to be it. That's going to be a big twist i bet you so um i'm looking forward to all that as well as well as watchmen and uh you know and am in riverdale pretty much so um, just say all of them <laughs> just say just all of them except for that Katie Keene one I'm not I don't know if I'm going to invest in that one too much but the rest of the shows I I'm still looking forward to it and uh, I've been enjoying every one of these shows since the beginning it's been like eight years I've been watching this stuff many we've been watching this stuff so it again after all these years even in 11 years of Marvel about eight years of uh CW this is still a great time to be a fan. And on that note, folks, we are going to wrap it up here for our ACMG Presents Talk Time. I thank you guys so very, very much for joining this episode. Next week is going to be the 200th episode, and we're going to just look back on things. We're going to look back on things. Maybe I have a clip or two of some things that, you know, from the show, from some exclusives or whatnot, and just talk about things. And whatever topic comes up, if there's something breaking news that'll come up, We'll bring it up next week as well. So we'll talk about all that and much, much more. So stay tuned for that. But on Select Start, I will give a really interesting review of a game by WayForward and Arc System Works. River City Girls. It is a spinoff from River City Ransom. The Kanue Con series is back under some new characters, some new faces. And trust me, there is a lot to talk about about this game. So we will be talking about that. Plus Kirby's, uh, Super Kirby's Clash. Uh, I will talk about that as well. And any other news going on in the world of gaming as well. So stay tuned for all that. Thanks so much. Again, listen to this and every other episode on Talk Time Live as well as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. And possibly Spotify very soon. I still got to work on that. And... As I mentioned before, if you want to check out the exclusive interviews that we have with some of the best and brightest and all things anime, comics, movies, and games. You go to the exclusive section on the top left of TalkTimeLive.com, or directly type in TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusives from there, and enjoy some of the best interviews I have ever had to have over the years since I've started this. So, folks, that will do it on behalf of myself. This is Dex Xavier Josiah saying, "Learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games." This is ACMG presents TalkTime Live. I am out here, folks. Have a great week.